Jean-Francois or J.F. Dagenet is the guitarist for Canadian band Cataclysm, who rose to prominence as part of the Quebec heavy metal scene in the 1990s. They have more than 10 albums and are responsible, in my opinion, for one of the greatest heavy metal tracks of all time called Blood on the Swans. In addition to his role as guitarist with Cataclysm, J.F. is also an award-winning producer and has since relocated to Dallas, Texas from Montreal, Quebec, which is where he joins us from today. It's 9 a.m. here on a cold winter day in Australia, and it's 6 p.m. there. How are we today, JF? Very good. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a Dallas. We're uh, 6 o'clock right now, and super hot as hell. It's probably <laughs> like in a 100 degrees something, but uh, it's pretty usual for, for here. <laughs> yeah, we were saying just before we turned on the mic, um, I always kind of apologize to guests when we get started because I don't want to ask you guys the same questions if you've been doing media all day. Mm -hmm. So what have you been talking about today? Um, I mean, we're, we're here to promote your new album. So, I mean, let's talk Absolutely. about that very briefly, but um, let's try to move the conversation somewhere else and tell us what you've been talking about with people today. Sounds great. Well, uh, it's a new, uh, new album's coming up September 25th. Um, a little bit of a change of sound. Uh, I think, uh, New elements were brought to the music. Um, I now play a seven-string guitar versus the other albums, which I used to play on a traditional six-string. And that seven-string added a lot of beef and heaviness to the, the sound and new textures and things I couldn't do before that are now, now in the, on this record. And that, that was a bit of an exciting uh, uh, addition to what we do because it just brought some new life to our music and I, I've been enjoying like writing with the seven string and playing it and, and, and stuff like that. So it's pretty much the main difference with what we used to do in the past, but the, it's the same uh, intention and the same drive that we always had. And we even rekindled with some of the chaotic elements we used to have like in the early nineties and we were trying to bring all that in a, a new sort of fashion and push the barriers of whatever, whatever it is we do, like even further. So that was a goal basically on this record. That's interesting in and of itself, because as we're saying, um, before we got going, I've got some old CDs listening to you guys. And so when mm -hmm. I was sort of in my metal heyday, when we talk about the late teens, early twenties, that seven string guitar was popularized by new metal bands like Korn. That yeah. seemed to drop off a cliff, so it's interesting that, that you're now picking that up and also integrating more of this gent sound that I would associate with guys like Mashuga. What, what was sort of the mm -hmm. decision to, to move into that space? Well, I, I've always been a fan of these types of sounds, and uh, the reason why I decided to go along with it now is that the seven-string guitars that they built and manufactured today they're so much better than when they came out because it was kind of an experimental thing. And now the quality of those guitars nowadays makes it so easy to actually have, have that super extreme low tuning, but it, it tunes like to perfection. And uh, I can still play with the same intention and the same type of feel that I, as if it was a six string, but on, on with the lower tuning. So for me, it was like the one of the reasons why when I, I picked up uh, some new seven string and I started playing them, I was like, okay, wow, this this is just amazing, and I can do some new things that I always wanted to do on our records. But 
I always ask myself, why, why aren't we doing this? But at the same time, we were kind of uh, trying to preserve, I guess, or, or the, the way we did things and our sound and also the logistics because changing the tuning means bringing more guitars when we play live shows, means bringing mm. more, more gear and more things like that. And, and especially... And nowadays, with the new restriction in place, it might be a bit scary <laughs> to, to <laughs> do those uh, those do those switches at this time in our career. But yeah, like the the quality of the guitars nowadays are are amazing. And uh, I started writing new songs with my seven strings, and I show, kind of showcased what it could be to the other guys in the band. And they were okay. I, we get it. Let's do it. Let's do the seven string thing. And we uh, upgraded and. Step on bass, I had to get a five strings as well and get used to the lower tuning. And he, at first, he was a bit scared, but I, I, after a few uh, uh, weeks and months of playing this way, he was okay. You were right. This is amazing and scared. It's just, it's just, it's just more guitar to play at the end of the day. Like you have a bit more range and, and more fun, I think. And when I go back to my six string, I feel it's missing something. Uh, th like there's. There's a few things to unpack there. I mean, you talk about the quality of guitars have have increased in that space. So, um, a few things. So, first of all, what makes the quality of the guitars different today? And then I also wanted to ask you about your sound as as a yes, absolutely non-technical musician. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's really interesting to me about the sound that you have is that it's it's a very low but very clean. Um, I almost mm -hmm. want to use the word accessible sound. It's a very sort of riff easy driven heavy metal traditional sound is very much lower so uh -huh. where do you get that sound from and, and what do you think is the big difference in guitar quality today compared to what you were saying previously well well when it comes to guitar quality uh one thing i'm looking for and it, it ties in with the sound question because one thing i'm looking for is to have a tuning that's super straight when i play uh, because we always played a bit lower than the norm than the typical metal band and to achieve the the same results of, of uh, how straight the tuning is handled i think the quality of the guitar now nowadays especially in the seven string department are so much better and then when you say you have that like we're playing in the tune the tuning we're playing in is f sharp which is like super super low and you have a string tune in f sharp and you try to play a chord on it on the guitars back in the day it would have sound like <laughs> like like the tuning is like you can't it, like so it's the more so consistent these like, days yeah yeah it's a, it's so much more consistent it's actually a like a straight uh, mean chord that that's like that on mm. and uh, to and that's how i always see the sound of the band because i want i want i always wanted it to be perfection when i hit a chord and uh, to get that tone that i like that that and i always like to have my sound uh, super overdriven compared to what was happening back in the in those days so I, I found a way to crank the overdrive without being over the top and still like you said crisp and clear but yet having that super low uh, low mid and low frequency punch that makes it like that makes it growl and uh that's what i was always looking for is find a way to keep that growl and overdrive everything without crossing the 
the the the the threshold where it's unacceptable <laughs> just keep, keep it in check but uh, uh, and the way bands used to do it um was always like uh, they would always set the limit uh, a bit lower because it's hard to to get to get that much crunch into a tone without um without muddying everything and make it and make it make it sound like a tin can basically so i found a way to keep to keep the the distortion and the growl and everything and and found the right combination of gear to achieve that which is uh, uh, one of the amplifier that i've always loved using is it's a pv5150 one of the original models uh, that i still own it's the, the one i'm using right now it's still the one i got like 20 years ago because yeah. i find i find it's has such a, a great sound and i try to play with the same amp the newer versions of it and it doesn't sound the same to me it's it's just I, it's got to be my amp mm. and uh, the, the way they manufactured it in that specific year it sounds amazing to me so i need that ed plus uh, a Mesa Boogie cab. And uh, I, what I do is I crank the distortion with a tube screamer, a little green pedal that I have that uh, I, can, I can crank after the distortion from the pedal and, and feed that through the head and push the preamp and the, the head to the maximum limit of overdriven <laughs> without going overboard. So plus that plus the pickups on my guitars, uh, the, the pickups I've been using the Fishman uh, Fishman Morgan Fluence. The, these are like so great because they're kind of a cross between uh, the typical active pickups that a lot of metal players are using and the passive ones. So it's somewhere in between that. So you get the balls and you get the crunch and you get everything. So that that whole chain makes makes up my tone and it's been perfected through all the years of playing i guess mm -hmm. you you fine-tune it but it's also mm -hmm. very personal i find because i toured with a lot of guys that really like how we sound and they were asking me the same like can we look at your rig how can we kind of get the those that same growl that you get and i'm like okay uh, if you want to try it no problem so i, I give them the, the the cable and they plug their own guitars and they're like Man, this sounds like crap. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's it's like it's a setting that works for my playing specifically, and it didn't work for other people. So I guess it's like that that infinite quest of the perfect metal sound that you could get for yourself. It's very personal for yourself as well. So you have to experience and try a wide range of amplifiers and settings and pedals and guitars to get that perfect combination there's um there's gonna be a lot of people who listen to our podcast who, who mm -hmm. will probably be unfamiliar with the band and probably to a lesser degree heavy metal um okay. i just wanted to ask um you know do, do you want to sort of give people a 101 on where death metal is and, and what it is because a lot of people are going to go oh you know Probably the last metal record I, I might have listened to might have been something like Iron Maiden, and, and you're quite an extreme step for people that listen to that. So, what do you sort of describe, or, or when talking to people who aren't having fans of this sort of music, uh, of where the genre is today? Yeah, it's 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 hard to describe. It started as something that was kind of a 
it had really much of a punk attitude, uh, in my opinion, when it started in the sense that uh, the, 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 the players wanted to shock the audience with the most gruesome lyrics, the most extreme sounds they could possibly come, uh, come with. And uh, I think the reason why it got so big and so popular when it came out in the early 90s is because it was really shocking. And uh, after a while, I think the shock, the initial shock value kind of disappeared because a lot more uh, musicians came up with more, uh, <laughs> more types of, uh, of uh, impressing uh, the crowd with their playing and, and also the, the, the lyrics and all that. So, but I think the, the intentions is still, is still to, to push music into a, into a, a space where it's a, a bit outside of the box and you want to you want to push yourself as a player all of us that's that's super important we want to play with precision at at speeds that are pretty much um like retarded for any <laughs> other genres of music because <laughs> i talk to other people and it's like you're when you when i tell them like the the BPMs of our songs and, and the speed that we play, they're all like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's th the way I would describe it is people are always familiar with bands like Metallica or Iron Maiden, because that's the, the big uh, heavy metal kind of uh, bands are out there. And I would describe it as like, take those bands and, if they were playing on crack at, at twice the speed, <laughs> I think that's what we're trying to achieve here. What's what's the cataclysm story? So as I said, I've got most of your discography and, and there's a very noticeable shift in evolution and sound that, that doesn't actually stray from the genre. How, how did you get into the music? Um, you know, and where do you think you guys are at now comparatively to okay. you know your early releases in, in the what, early to mid nineties? Well, we're that band that, started in high school and we've met in detention uh, we were kind of like the troublemakers right. in high school and we we're all we were always the same little crew hanging out together and we ended up talking about hey i play guitar i, I play drums like let's start a band like uh, why not rehearse this weekend and and try to see uh, how it sounds and um, yeah, we, we we started playing and annoying the neighbors with our loud noises, and it pretty much the the, the high school story that when when whenever we we started recording some stuff, we got super lucky and, and got a record deal at a young age. I got thrown on the road with big bands uh, of the time in the jar uh, as as a support band and. My first time in Europe, we were supporting Deicide uh, at the time. It was '93 or '94, I think. And I was st I was still in high school, and I told my teacher, like, "Okay, save all my homework and all stuff, all the stuff. I'm going to Europe for a month and play that metal." <laughs> and we were like super young and and driven, uh, and somehow, like, it's a funny. It's it, I have a funny story. It's when we started this band and put out our first album, there was this guy that was really important in the, in the industry. I don't want to mention his name, but he told us, 
that, okay, enjoy this, guys, because you got five years. And then yeah, five right. years, your, your, your career's over. Uh, the jars is not going to be anywhere near the popularity it's here and that's that's basically the life the lifespan of a band your style and we're like okay uh, well we started we, we the intention was never to have a long lasting career it's just we loved what we do and we wanted to go out there we just kept going doing doing what we do and the, the thing grew bigger and we uh the it, the family that we have uh, this bond we share with the fans and all that it just kept growing bigger and bigger and eventually uh, we started seeing money coming from 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 doing this like a paycheck and we were all shocked mm. okay we got home and we actually saw some so, and we thought okay let's let's kick this to another level like why, why don't we try to make this uh, professional and try to push ourselves to a place where we can actually have a career out of this. And that's what we did with the album called Shadows and Dust. And that's the first time we actually started to see like a real, uh, a real paycheck and turn this band into a real business. And then it just kept growing from there and um, all the way to this new record, which I can't believe, like you look back and, and I can't believe the amount of, tours and albums and things we've done but it's weird because it didn't doesn't feel like 30 years for me it feels like uh, we've been doing this like it was a lot shorter in my mind but uh, we accomplished so many things and now musically i think we, we try to we try to still be relevant as a band and uh, that's why we want to keep pushing what we do and not just repeat the same tune over and over and over we we want to we want to make something that's that that's that makes sense artistically because I think that's the challenge we have now uh, as a band after thirty years and we want to we want to be relevant artistically and and and, and reinventing ourselves yet uh, remaining true to the the roots and all that. This is um you're kind of going into where I'd like to talk about because it's really interesting in terms of you know the popularity of early '90s death metal. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess the the perceived imagery and violence around the scene and where that leaves sort of heavy music today. So I guess we'll kick off into that space. I mean, initially, as I said, with more extreme bands, there's there's anti-religion, there's violence associated mm -hmm. with it. That that. I think will always remain as part of the scene. But um, as, as someone who is maturing, getting older like myself, it becomes yeah. very, very hard to have this conversation with people who don't listen to this music because I'm sure as you would know, everyone just yeah. goes, oh, that's the kill baby music, isn't it? And I go, well, <laughs> it's sort of, it kind of is, but there's a lot more to it. Um, Cataclysm has always avoided being associated directly with that, um, you know, uh, ultra-violence and aspect of yeah. it. Do, do, do you... Do you find the same thing that 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 perception or the fact that the genre just wallows and that can be a little bit tiring and exhaust the fact of, of what actually exists you know, further within that music? Yes, I mean when it's like I said when, when it's it started that that shock shocking value and killing babies and Satan and all that yeah. that was like the big the the big thing at the beginning that people got shocked how, how brutal uh, that metal was. But like you grow older, and like we're all in our mid forties in cataclysm, and uh, it's important to uh, for us to 
still write lyrics that are relevant to what we live and how we feel. So a lot of our, uh, of our lyrical content would still be fitting within the, 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 the extremity of the charm, yeah. but it, it still has some grit, you know, but it's, it's, it's stuff that we care about, that we talk about. Uh, and we, we put that in our lyrics and sometimes it's metaphorical, but most of the times it's pretty straightforward. And uh, it was always important for us to, to be that, that way because uh, we didn't feel we belong with the Satanist. We're nobody's religious in, here in, in our band and we're, we're more, uh, we're more of a agnostic kind of a, a type of ideology. Like we don't really, care that much we, we, mm. about that side of things and 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 then again we don't want to start butchering babies and and uh, <laughs> kill all the women and, <laughs> and <Yeah>. children and, <laughs> and, and, and that was never our our thing either so so we're more we try to be an, an uplifting band talks we talk about or uh, or uh, our career and and what we did uh, uh, at, and in a motivational way where we were like, okay, if you don't give up and you believe in what you do, you can achieve things. And that's mm. more our line of, of lyrics. And, and sometimes we go a bit darker, uh, like on this, this new song, the kill shot, we went, we talked about a little bit of revenge and, and uh, sometimes in life, like taking justice in your own hands is the only way to go and things like that. Like, we, we we will touch some of these subjects, but the new album's called the Unconquered, and and the reason is we're talking about our career and and uh, and uh, everything we struggled through and that we won over, and then we're still here and we're proud to still be here, and we feel we still have the fire and we still uh, feel that there's gas in the tank to keep going, and uh, we've achieved a lot. Uh, coming from high school in in, in Quebec, and um, I, I I just just feel that um, sometimes we're miles away from how what that metal was when it when it started, but mm. it's still that aggression and and that angst that we had in high school. I think it's still here somewhere inside and when i pick up the guitar i like i'm not an angry person i have a great life i have no reason to be angry i have a wife and a five-year-old daughter here in, in dallas and i'm loving where i'm at in my personal life and i'm loving where i'm at with my business career life uh, with, with the band and all that and there's no reason to be angry but for whatever reason i pick up the guitar put it on my around my head and then just a, like, <laughs> I start playing and, and then it all comes out again. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. And, and, and that's, that's where it comes from. I think for cataclysm and I think uh, the, the fans have been supporting the band for so long. They, they, they must like what we do somewhere and, uh, and feel somehow the same. Like I think music is meant to, to touch people in, in some way. And, and I think, I think we can reach a lot of, a lot of people with with that type of, of music. So what do you think? I mean, obviously at the moment, you know, people will probably be listening to this interview years from now, but at the moment we're dealing with coronavirus, every everyone uh -huh. sort of shut down and furloughed at the moment. But what do you think prior to this is the actual state of 
heavy metal and music. Well, one of the things that I guess has, has bothered me is that it seems that there hasn't been any new breakthrough bands almost that, that I feel like realistically in the last couple decades. Like when you look at the big heavy metal festivals, uh-huh. it's still the same 10 bands that end up headlining multi-day festivals and has been for about five to seven years. Yeah, uh, You guys are on the road doing this stuff. There's people showing up to your shows, but it certainly doesn't feel like it would have been in the late '90s or or in the '80s. Where do you sort of think the scene is at? I it's 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 strange. It's a it's a scene that uh, it it's very welcoming to new talent and new bands. But to to get that status of like your classic band, it, it takes such a long time. And I think for Cataclysm, we're we're kind of reaching that that status. Where we're getting the good offers for the for the festivals and the positioning is starting to be really decent. We're we're usually towards the end of the day on on, on a good day before all the, the big 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 acts that you're talking about. And um, but I think the time it took to get there is is pretty ridiculous. And yeah, it would be nice to sometimes to give a shot to younger bands to to be able to uh, propel themselves to to that. Uh, to that level and I don't know if it's because of the fans that kind of get stuck on those bigger bands or I, I think personally I think it's more on the industry side that trying to protect the, mm. the, 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 way, the way things are and are being super conservative about everything so, so they keep putting the, the big names as last and, uh, and of course they draw people and they have fans but I think there's a lot of bands that do well and they, they don't get the chance to, to be there and it's a bit sad but for us I, I, i'm not going to complain for us because we do well when we tour we we do well on, on the festivals as well positioning and all that and i, I think we've achieved a, a level that's that's uh, very uh, respectful for for what cataclysm is and uh, i'll, I'll re-ask yeah. the question this way do, do yeah. you think the state of heavy heavy music is as good as it was 10 or 20 years ago? I think uh, it, it's strange because you, you see it less in the mainstream again because when it started, it was kind of like uh, this very underground movement and then it got big, almost too big for what it is at some point. Uh, I'd say in the... Like the early I, 90s, I think, like 91, 92. Yeah, yeah. That sort it, of period, it, it yeah. got r- really ridicul- ridiculously big and then it got somewhat back to the underground but i feel things are much better for us personally now uh, because there's a crowd uh, that's there uh, and i think uh, i'm not exactly sure how to tap into it if you're a new band to to get your name out there i think there's a lot of uh, more things available to you now like say to to be able to self-promote with with the online uh, all the streaming Mm -hmm. services and the the social media and everything that we have today, none of that existed when we started. It was uh, when we toured, there was not even GPS to get to the next city because that was an event. <laughs> yes, there was no, was no internet. <laughs> so, like, I feel we started our career before electricity and, and now all these things came along and it, it helped. But, I'm, uh, I'm blown so, away when I, 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 <laughs> when I talk to a friend, you know, I, 
depending upon who I'm speaking with, I could mention your name or, or mm -hmm. Belfigor or The Artist Murder. Mm -hmm. No no one knows who these bands are. And then I go on onto YouTube and one of their tracks has 4 million views and I'm, I'm blown away. It's kind of like, well, who do I know that doesn't know who these bands are that exist in the world today? Yeah, this it's it's it's. I think the metal jar has become underground again, but it's there and it's strong, and uh, and uh, there's plenty of fans for plenty of bands, and like, there's new bands that comes and they they do well, and uh, it's still alive and thriving, and it's it's a worldwide thing because we get to tour everywhere. We we we've been to Australia, like like where you guys at, and and Japan, and. Indonesia and Asia and South Africa. South Africa was a great scene. I was blown away. We played Cape Town and Johannesburg quite a few times, and every time like packed and and <laughs> like um, uh, people from all different kinds of cultures come to the show, and they're like, yeah, in front, and, and it's <laughs> it's amazing to see. It's a, it's a worldwide thing. It's there, but. Uh, I think it, it's not really on, under under it's it's kind of a, under the radar because um, I think what works right now it's uh, it's like the electronic stuff and, and mm. uh, hip hop hip hop and rap and that's like on top of the charts everywhere and even the mainstream rock is not as as big uh, uh, on there on the radar on a worldwide level and but and there's so many fans still everywhere like that are into the stuff and they come out when when it's a good band touring or a good package of bands together and they, they depending no matter what subgenre of heavy metal it is there's fans for it and, and like like a, a diehard uh, that that's been in it all his life and a, a fellow metalhead that I am, I, I always wished for bigger things, but yeah. who knows where, where, it, where it leads. Um, as, as I said, before we turn this on, I, I know you guys, because I used to watch you guys tour around 2000s where you guys were just mm -hmm. building a name. I, I saw you guys on the um, In Shadows and Dust tour, I think touring with guys like Cryptopsy. One of the things that was really interesting to me around that time, again, as someone who's not a musician, just simply a fan of the music, is in Canada, back when I was living in there, the Quebec death metal scene, as it was, was considered sort of a, a torchbearer, almost almost the same way that you would think of, you know, the Swedish death metal scene. And people mm -hmm. would say that that was the core of where death metal came from. I, I want to talk to you about that scene, but there's other there's two bands that were really um, uh, notorious from that scene, and that was Cryptopsy and Gorguts. I remember mm -hmm. and the people that were really into music said these are the pinnacle, and still to a lot of people, Cryptopsy is really seen as um, the most technical extreme mm -hmm. band you can get in that space. I just wanted to ask you to, to JF to shed some light on this because said, as someone who's not a musician, this is sort of um, uh, theoretical or philosophical to me. Well, Quebec, I, I think my explanation of why it was uh, such a successful area um, of, of, for this type of music is that we have the the kind of like the the cross of cultures between the the, the Canadian American uh, culture, and then we have a lot of the European the European background uh, because of the French thing, and it's kind of like a cross of hybrid of of, uh, of culture. And, and I feel that as an artist, when you started, uh, when I started playing in bands, 
it always seemed so lively the scene uh, and and the the way Quebec people accepted the music from Europe the same the, in the same way as the music coming from the states or from Western Canada it, it, it was really a thriving and that, and that, that cross created some hybrid bands that, that created some great things and there's nobody else in the world world sounding like cryptopsy or or like cataclysm or, or or guts it's very unique and there's a lot more new bands coming uh nowadays that also sound very unique and always sounded a little bit on the, on on let's say crazy or schizo <laughs> almost uh, on, on, in a way but uh, uh cryptopsy it's it's cool that you mentioned those guys we started cataclysm in, I, in October of 1991, I think the first rehearsals I took part, uh, and uh, we started looking for a practice spot, and we found those guys, the Cryptopsy guys, were looking for partners, and so we shared a, a rehearsal space for like four years, uh, and that that was back in the original days with the, with the original lineups with, with Lord Worm and all that, and and. Um, yeah, we shared the spot and we were we had half of the week was ours the other half was these guys where we were kind of listening to what each other was doing and we didn't want to copy each other but it was kind of like a friendly competition in the sense that who was the craziest who was the fastest and blah 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 and, and then we turned out to be pretty pretty uh like two uh two flip side of of the coin basically for the jar and i think mm. it, and i'm happy that both our bands made it to to that level of recognition uh, that 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 uh, is hard to achieve for for any band nowadays. And uh, I don't know what it was, but it was just a special era with, with the right uh, elements aligned to create this thing. Do you um, when you tour internationally? You know, I mm -hmm. said I know you as a Canadian metal band. That's sort of a pride that I have in you guys. Are you recognized mm -hmm. as a Canadian heavy metal band when you tour? Or are you just sort of a, a mix of a, I guess, more, a more traditional death metal band in terms of how you're you're perceived when you tour international? No, it's it, everybody knows we're from Canada, and it's always advertised. Cataclysm's Canadian uh, er, everywhere we go. Um, it's important to us. We we we're proud Canadians. <laughs> we're proud Canucks, and, and we carry the flag everywhere we go on the planet and it's that would never change um like two of us moved to the u.s and mauricio is is not in florida he was in chicago for like 15 years and i, I moved to dallas 10 years ago and uh we're, we're both american citizens but uh we're still gonna remain canadian in the art for forever i think it's important how does that happen T tell me about uh what is the catalyst for, for deciding that you want to relocate to the States? Well, for me, it was, uh, it was personal. I, I met my wife and she was from, from Dallas. And, um, at first, when we first started dating, she came to live with me in Canada for a while and she absolutely loved it, but she doesn't speak French. So it was kind of hard for her to adapt, say, if we were to be serious and, and, and do this, then, she would have to learn a whole new language. And also when I'm on the road, we were on the road a lot. She has no friends, no family. So it made more sense for me to go uh, south and, and move to Texas. But uh, 
but for me, my decision was based on, yeah, I, I really liked her and I wanted to pursue this, but I really loved Dallas as a city. And, and uh, every time I was there, I had such a great time. I loved the weather. Uh, it's always sunny. It's always super warm. And just to get away for, from the snow was something nice for me. <laughs> I, 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 I feel I, the I, same living down here. <laughs> I'm a proud Canadian, but when you taste when you taste how things are somewhere else where it's warm and I'm like that that's when my Latin blood heritage comes <laughs> comes uh, comes alive and I'm like yes this is perfect so I I would be hard for me to go back I miss my family and some of my friends have there and and some the way some things are over there but I adapted here very very well and I, I like the way I like how easy things are in the U.S. if you want to achieve anything or, or even the, the lifestyle I have as a musician. It's kind of a bit outside the norm, uh, so to speak, when it comes to the finances. And, and like, uh, I, I find the way the American system is, it's so much easier to function uh, there with, with the lifestyle I have because there's a lot of opportunities. If you... If you play your cards right, it's 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 so easy to function. Like the, I got there, they gave me tons of credit right away uh, at the oh, bank yeah. and all, okay. and all that. And and like it's like so easy to if you want to start a business, and especially in Texas, I I moved my recording studio here too at home, and uh, I do that uh, when we're not on the, on the road. I, I mix and, and master bands and record bands. Uh, that's I, I do this in my house. That's my little spot here. Yeah, and uh, I um, to to get that on the legal business level to get that going is so much easier in the in the U.S. Yeah, and right. especially Texas, because Texas there's there's even looser laws for for businesses than anywhere right. else in the U.S. So for for me it was easy to adapt, and I I really I, I would be hard for me to to go back to Canada. After living here 10 years. Um, I know that we're running out of time and I think you've still got yes. some other media commitments otherwise, but one of the things that I really wanted to ask, and I always like to ask artists about this, especially the fact that you've been around for almost three decades in the space. How has, uh, I guess the internet is really the issue, but how has digital music changed the way that you guys make a life for yourself these days when I guess CDs don't really matter anymore? Yeah. I mean, uh, the way things work, I mean, because we're such an old band, uh, we have a, a huge catalog, and that catalog keeps being streamed on all the platforms. And uh, whenever we put out a new release, it kind of triggers the, the new fans or our followers. They go back to, on the discography and they, they stream it like crazy. Mm. So the fact that we have like all these records on there, uh, it generates uh, a decent amount of money versus like a band that that's new and coming out with one record, like we have, we have a lot of music to be, to be streamed and that, that helps generating some money. And that goes towards the production of the albums that like we can afford uh, working with, 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 with big guys. Like we always self-produce our albums, but, but we always hire an, an external uh, set of ear for the mixing and that sort of thing. And we, we get somebody that famous that, that, does some big stuff and and uh, we that gives us the financial to be able to do all all that and I think uh, other than that, Cataclysm has always been a strong live band, a 
active touring band. So a lot of the money comes from the concerts themselves and the t-shirt sales and all that. So it doesn't change much in our, in our career. And if anything, I find it's almost more promotion these days with the way things are as before, where it was really a word of mouth and, and people would buy CDs and, and tape trading and all that. But I find today it's easier to get across anybody can just pick their their telephone go on apple apple okay. music or spotify and google the band and just click here play and uh, i find we have a lot more uh, followers uh, nowadays because it's easier to reach fans with with less uh, uh, than 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 before okay. when we started where we had to we had so to has push like crazy has the revenue come back through Spotify? Because I remember going back, you know, 10 years ago, artists mm -hmm. would say there's, there's no money because everyone's downloading and, and illegally sharing this. So have, have platforms like Spotify actually worked out really well for you guys then? I think it's better. Uh, it's definitely, definitely could be better and improved. <laughs> and I, I, fe I feel like sometimes it's, a, it's still a bit ridiculous, uh, the amount of, of money that gets paid for like one stream. But, because of the amount and the quantity of stream, we do get some 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 income out of that, and it's it's relevant in that sense, and it's it's been doing good for us. But obviously, we all wish it could be even better. But it's not terrible. It's better now than it was ten years ago. That's for sure. Because at some point, it, it kind of was the the dark ages of the, the industry where nobody knew what was going on, and and a lot of artists got ripped off. At, at some point in time, I think nowadays it's better, but definitely hoping that it gets even better and things keeps on progressing as, as now we're really turning into uh, the streaming age and less and less people are buying the physical copies. So um, that's, that's the future and you can't really try to, you can't try to backpedal against it. It's not going to do any good. You mm -hmm. just have to embrace it. And you embrace it and you try to work your, the best way possible with, with, the new, uh, with the new way things are. And I, I'm sure it's going to keep on evolving and changing. And you just have to roll with the punches as, as an artist. Awesome. Uh, well, JF, thanks very much for your time today. Uh, new track sounds great. And hopefully we can see you on the road once we, um, once we get over the hill yeah. of all this COVID stuff. <laughs> thank you so much for your for the time and uh that, this was nice it was refreshing <laughs> awesome I'm so cool uh well maybe hopefully we, we will see you live at some point thanks very much for your time yes thank you